0: And going a little farther, he fell on the ground and prayed that, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Daughter, no matter if today is one of sorrow or one of joy, join us as we seek the Father's will with Jesus in the garden. garden podcast where we talk about girl things and coffee and sometimes Jesus. (laughs) Heyo! I don't know what to say right now. Is that a good intro? Heyo! Heyo! Well, you just heard a different voice. That wasn't ours. our intro has shifted. At least for this week. (laughs) For this week. Should it be like a guess of who it is? Like, if anyone's listening, should they reach out yes. and guess whose voice it is? Yes. Here's the thing, okay? <laughs> I got it. <laughs> you got it? Okay. Whoever like either texts us, emails us, reaches out on Instagram and recognizes the voice in our intro today, first, we're going to send you a signed copy of that person's headshot. <laughs> <laughs> is that good is that a good prize (laughs) i laughed too loud that's okay that's a really good prize yeah so wow let us know only first come first serve first person to guess we have to convince this person how to do this for us i think it'll be easy oh yeah no it'll be so easy my my suggestion i was pointing to rachel and i are drinking dutch bros right now and I was, like, pointing to the cup, and I thought she would read my mind and think, oh, send money for Dutch Bros. I knew what you were trying to communicate and, oh, with me. And you still didn't want to... <laughs> you didn't want to communicate that with me. Yeah. Oh, I bummer. just thought my price was a little bit more desirable than Dutch Bros. <laughs> just kidding. That's not true. Um, okay, speaking of Dutch Bros, Olivia, I have a question for you. I have an answer for you. Can you give me your go-to Dutch Bros drink?
1: Okay. Because
0: I, I, I have to preface yes. that I'm drinking Olivia's go-to Dutch Bros drink right now. That is true. And it's good. And I s- recommend. So it's tell very the world. Yummy. Well, I have to give credit to another Olivia. Oh. Who helped me find this drink. Okay. Um, And I have never liked Dutch Bros. I'm sorry if that's an unpopular opinion, but... My friend Olivia, who goes by Liv, she goes, well, what kind of things do you like at Dutch Bros? Let me help you out. And I was like, I don't want their coffee. I don't like it. I don't want something super sugary. Although, I would say this is decently sugary, but I don't think it tastes very sugary. So, I get an Italian soda with peach, vanilla, cream in it, and then soft top on top. But don't do what I did. Uh, <laughs> trying to sip it as you drive because it is all over my cup holders right now in my car because it definitely bubbled over and is now everywhere. Yeah, yeah. that's it also got everywhere in my office. So not uh, like my everywhere, everywhere, mine, not yours. Yeah, when I did yes the same your thing. Was. Yes. In your office. In my office, not my office. <laughs> What's, Rachel, what's your order? <laughs> That's great. Um, my Okay. Probably my go-to Dutch Bros is chai because I'm not a coffee drinker. No, she's not. Um, and so the Golden Eagle chai iced mm. with whipped cream and caramel drizzle. Ooh. It is a sugar explosion. <laughs> quite literally. But it's a good treat. Um, I'm pretty sure it's, like, vanilla and caramel are mm. the flavorings in the chai. Okay. I also oh, oh the lavender white chocolate that, like, just came back. That's I'm good. I'm not a white chocolate person. Okay. So that's that's all for this episode <laughs> yeah. <of the> <laughs> yes, We seriously. need to go have help. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm offended by that. No. <laughs> Sorry. Just kidding. Um, okay, well, Olivia... It's been a little bit since we've been in Philippians. It has been a little bit. We've talked about some fun things. Yeah. We keep talking about fun things, just sprinkled Sprinkled. throughout the summer. That's right. Because who doesn't like sprinkles in the summer? Except for the rain type of sprinkle, which we've had way too much of recently. I would beg to differ. I have loved the rain. I have not loved the ninety degree weather. Olivia and I are disagreeing <laughs> on literally no, everything but we can today. on the word of God. That's a good transition. Thank you. <laughs> I was really <laughs> locking and low in that one. Yes. So last time that we were talking about Philippians, we ended Philippians one, which means, believe it or not, Philippians two. 2. Yeah, that's where we're headed right now. <laughs> So, um, Olivia, can you give us, like, a, a, a little, like, a short like a recap from Philippians 1? Oh, you didn't prepare me for this I moment. didn't. <laughs> um, I mean, is the gospel, like, an okay summary of the first chapter? That's like we being have... <laughs> in Sunday school, somebody asks a question, and you're like, Jesus, and it's like, well... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let me continue. Okay. The gospel, but also Paul suffering for the sake of the gospel. Yeah. Calling us to also suffer for the gospel. Yes. That's a good summary. I do think that's a good summary. Yeah, and then, like, the very end of Philippians 1, I think, is important mm-hmm. to remember, because it is the context for Philippians 2. Um, this idea of to live is Christ and to die is gain. Mm-hmm. And essentially, like, Paul is giving us instruction on how to interact with the world. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to switch to some instruction with how to interact with those in the church, fellow um, believers. Yes. Instead of how to a- interact with those in the world. Which so. we're ready for. Yeah. We're prepared. Yeah. Do you want to read for I'll us? I'll read for <laughs> yeah. So we're going to just be going through verses 1 through 11 in today's episode. So I'm going to read all of those. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not only look to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Having this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not account equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being formed love those Yeah, we're going there. That's great. Good Um, stuff. Okay, so, Olivia, my kind of first question for you is, I really like this list in um, chapter 2, verse 1. If there's any encouragement in Christ, comfort from love, participation in the Spirit, affection and sympathy. Like, that sounds great. How do I get that stuff? Rachel, I'm so glad you asked. I think we can only get these in Christ. Is that right? Is this is this where you're going with this? <laughs> yes, that that is. So I think like what I'm why I ask the question mm. in this way is this list here, um, where Paul says, if I have or if you have these things, mm. um And then we go on to, to his completed thought in verse two, but it's almost rhetorical in how he's saying that these things, Mm -hmm. a better Greek word instead of the if might be since, like since Mm -hmm. we have these things, since there is encouragement in Christ, there is comfort in love, participation in the spirit and affection and sympathy. So I think like that is something that I don't know. There's like a confidence in that of like, man, if you're a believer, Mm. You have these things. Yes. Um, But we should also take note because that's not the full thought of verse 1 of Mm. um, Philippians 2. It uh, ends with Paul saying, Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Mm. So it's like, man, if, if these things are true, then you have to do. It's a good old if-then statement. Oh, we're back in English class. That's right. And so, um, that's a, I think the first thing I want to point out that it is an if-then statement, but the ifs apply to anybody who is a believer. Anybody mm-hmm. who is a Christian, these things are, are true of them. Yeah. That's like, it goes along with the old note I wrote down of, Um, These are four things we as believers experience from Christ and through Christ's people. Yeah. Because we're given them through Christ, so that's how we have them. But then if you're you're also one of Christ's people, then we also get to experience those from others. So I love that you said that. And then it feeds into unity. Yeah. Which is really cool to see. And, And then he continues to go on and tells us all the things to avoid to have good unity, too. So it's like... It's all just piling on top of each other. Yes, this is a this is very much like we can follow Paul's logical thought here. yes. So again going back to kind of what we started with um, at the end of chapter one, we're talking about okay, how do we live in the world? How do we interact mm. with those outside of the church? And now we move to, okay, you are a Christian, you do have these things. If you are a believer, how do you interact with the church? How do you interact with fellow believers? The answer is unity. Unity. And is it always easy to interact with fellow believers, Rachel? Absolutely not. (laughs) No, because we're... What's the, like, Christina Perry song, I'm Only Human? Oh. You know? Do you know what I'm talking about? I was about to sing it, and then I I held myself (laughs) back. One of these days, we're going to get Olivia to sing on this podcast for us. One day, but unity is not always the easiest thing to keep. I mean, look at all the news that we see about churches around the country who um, are having a hard time with that or just, you know, we are imperfect in the church. You look at the Bible, it's full of imperfect people. So unity is not always going to be the easiest thing to strive for. But praise the Lord, Paul gives us very practical things of what I gathered out of it. And I think this is almost verbatim, but avoid selfish ambition, avoid conceit, be lowly of mind, and esteem others better than yourself. Yeah. Which, going back to, like, unity is really hard. It's hard because of those things are hard. Yeah, those are not easy. Like, our Mm -hmm. selfish, sinful nature, like, that fights against unity because mm-hmm. we naturally want to participate in that list <laughs> that that you oh, ju- yeah. that you just shared. Um but yeah, I love that they're like following again in this like logical thought process of Paul he immediately mm-hmm. gives us like okay, the goal is unity, how do you do it? And it is these things. So, Olivia, I have a question mm-hmm. for you um, we're supposed to esteem others, like, higher than ourselves. What about, like, self-esteem? What about, like, man, like, I want to feel good about myself, like, when I leave the house every day. Like, I, I, what about my confidence? Like, if I esteem others higher than myself, like, what, what does that look like? Oh my goodness, I'm so glad you brought this up. I was, I was thinking about humility in general this morning, and I think this goes with this, and I, looked up the definition, because, I mean, I think we always love to define our terms before we start talking about them. Yeah. Um, and, like, the basic definition I found on this Christian website was the, um, well, not definition, but it was, like, Jesus and the Bible are not preaching inferiority of self-worth that allows abuse or allows us to be, I don't know, that our, our identity to be hurt in any way, because... First of all, our identity is not found in our self-esteem. It's found in Christ. Yeah. So we'll back up that train just a little bit. Um, But we're taught to be lowly in nature so we can forgive others' offenses and so that we can rebuke others in love. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's such an interesting thought of holding ourselves as less than others is so that we can forgive easier and so that we can, like, work on being a culture that calls out our brothers and sisters in love because you're not holding yourself higher than them, you're not trying to be boastful or proud or anything like that, you're meeting them in love, in forgiveness, in mercy, just like Jesus would. Yeah. Which I found interesting. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, that's great. I love that. Um, I I just think, too, like, there's nothing wrong with confidence when it's placed correctly. Hmm. Confidence in ourselves, um, we're gonna fail. Oh, yeah. And we can, I'm really like confidence in ourselves is false confidence because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like we are human. We're we're only humans. (laughs) Thank you, Christina Perry. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And we like on our own are never going to be enough. Mm -hmm. And like we are going to continue to fail when we put our confidence in christ that is Mm -hmm. where so i just i think there's a distinguishing between like self-esteem i think what we think of in self-esteem in our culture is this like self-help self-confidence like confidence um in our own abilities Mm -hmm. whereas the correct place as uh women in the church as daughters of God is to, like, put our confidence in Christ, and so that doesn't mean that, like, we feel horrible about ourselves. That doesn't mean that, like, Mm. we, um, like, despise, (laughs) like, ourselves when, like, that's not what what this means, but when we put our confidence in Christ, actually, that's when we become really confident, because Mm. we understand, like, hey, on my own, I am not good enough, and I can't do this, Mm. but with Christ, like, I um have like the power of the Holy Spirit within me and I'm being um, led by the Holy Spirit and um, you know second Corinthians 12 says it is when I am weak then I am strong mm. and it reflects like it is Christ's strength in us. So I think that that's like the first thing that I would say is our confidence has to come from Christ mm. and that's why this whole, verse can make sense Mm. like that's why we can esteem others higher than ourselves because when our confidence is correctly placed we can humbly view others and um i don't think it's like a oh that person's better than me that person's um more important than me like it's Mm. not that because again if we have this view of christ in in our lives that's not what it is but it's like man I can put their needs above my needs. I can yeah. put their preferences mm-hmm. above my preferences. I can serve them in a way that um, like makes me lower and, and places them higher. I can encourage them. I can celebrate them. like I can my focus isn't on myself. My focus mm. is outward on other people. So uh, so I think we, we have this twisted uh, a lot in our culture that self-esteem and worth like go together. But I would, I would dare to say that we have to separate those that our worth is in Christ, Christ alone. That's where our confidence comes from. And it's because of that, that we can honor others in the way that, that Paul is talking about here. Okay, Rachel, that was, that was incredible. Um, Does that make sense? That that made so much (laughs) sense. Okay, awesome. I'm sitting here thinking as a person who my tendency is to people please. Mm. And as I'm listening to you say that, it's... And I don't know if there's any other people pleasers out there listening to the podcast. Probably, oh, Rachel's raising her hand too. <laughs> but I think what contentment we can find when we realize that, like, our confidence is not in ourself. And yeah. that we are not striving to do something out of our own will. And we're not striving to do something, like, for a person or... Like, for ourselves, because the only person we want to please is Christ. Yeah. And so I feel like if if your strength is found in him, your confidence is found in him, then you don't need to look for your confidence outside of him in doing things to please others. Does that make sense? Yeah. I feel like, well, and I think that's why Paul is going to then use this example of Christ. Yeah. He's really going to do that, which is, like, this pinnacle of this whole book is this... Some scholars call it, like, a hymn that the church would have used about Christ. And it also is displaying where his confidence lies when he humbled himself. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I I was going to say there's this, like, it feels like it should contradict, but it doesn't. Mm. That we, it is because we have confidence in Christ that we can have humility like Christ. And so it seems like those, like conflict it seems like those don't work together but they really do because I think something that we don't want to talk about a lot of the time is that the opposite of confidence is insecurity the opposite of humility is pride Mm. and so often actually pride and insecurity go hand in hand with each other yes I'm very glad you brought this up say more So, (laughs) yeah. So, um, a lot of times, um, because our pride is, um, like, elevating ourselves, and Mm. um, I think that a lot of times that comes from a place of, like, man, we know that we're not enough, but we're going to pretend like we are. Mm. We're going to make other people believe that we are. Yep. Um, And... So, yeah, I think then the opposite of that is actually as we grow in our confidence in who Christ is, that that can help humble our hearts because the more that we grow in the confidence of Christ, the more we understand our own weakness, our own failure, our Mm -hmm. own inability to do anything, and that is a humbling for us. That's so good. I'm I'm thinking back to, like, a sermon that was preached at my church a little while ago, and he was—our pastor was, like— putting an equal like playing field of pride and insecurity of um, of those two things and I don't think any of us would be quick to make that claim but I'm so glad you brought that up so yeah and it's like and it's hard and like I'll be the first to say that like pride is a really easy sin to like sweep under the rug it's a really easy one hmm. to be like man nobody else sees this there's a lot of other sin that feels like it's more on display but yeah just a reminder that pride is sin and sin is sin and Mm. so like it's all equal um and it is one that is actually harder to to deal with um than some others because it really goes back to like this heart posture and so the question is like what do we do about that and i think paul gives us the answer Oh my goodness. Should we we go there? (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we talked about uh, there's practical things that Paul gives here. And um, and then he says, have the mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. And then we get this whole section of the example of Christ's humility, which is Mm -hmm. the humility that is the example of what we should do, what, what it looks like for us. Hmm. And what a contradictory thing this would be to the audience listening to us even now. I think if you if you started evangelizing to someone and started talking about the humility of Christ, of how he submitted to someone else to die, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't see some powerful God, I don't think, through a normal lens. But I think... I think we see so much more power and strength through this humility of Christ here. And we see truly what sacrificial love look like um, and what Christ was willing to do for us. So what what stood out to you in, in this hymn about Christ, Rachel? Yeah, well, I think, like, the first thing is just, um, like, what we're saying here, that, like, this is the example of what humility looks like and yeah we're talking about like to the point of obedience to death on the cross Mm. and honestly like I think there are two responses to Christ is the example of like anything in our lives and the first response is like yeah I got that I I can get there and I would say that like that is a response that in and of itself lacks humility that Mm -hmm. um is is prideful there and um like I know I've I've had moments in my life (laughs) where I've Mm -hmm. thought that and be like oh yeah I can get there I can do that I can make it to the example of Christ Mm -hmm. whereas I think the other like thought process is that's the example are you kidding me I could never do that I'm never Mm -hmm. gonna get there and I think that, um, the more correct response falls closer to the, I could never do that. I can never, if Christ is the example, then, oh man, like I'm done, but, but <laughs> yes, exactly. But like, uh, the, the phrase that's coming to mind is, but God rich in mercy hmm. and, um, it is not by our own power. It's yeah. not by our own strength the example is like unattainable on our own. Yeah. And even in that, that's humbling that it's like, we can't even make it to the level an example mm. of humility that we're being asked to, to get to without Christ. Hmm. Yeah. It's not, it's, I don't think it was something meant to be attainable for us without Christ because yeah. then Amen. there is that posture of pride. Yeah. Um, and if it was this easy, we wouldn't need community we wouldn't need the holy spirit we wouldn't need to come to this place i don't know i come to this place almost daily of lord i need you i don't i don't know what the heck i'm doing please like be my strength yeah um i think that's a daily prayer i have especially in what my season of life has looked like in the past couple of weeks lord please be my strength like i don't know how to be this example of christ right now i don't know how to reach this level of him um and i'm weak like like when you brought in second corinthians but holy spirit come make me strong in you come make me look like this um so if this list feels unattainable to you as you're reading this as you're listening like know that it's not something that's attainable for rachel or i in our own strengths either i feel like that's yeah. Important to mention. Yeah. It's it's unattainable by anybody mm. other than Christ himself. Yeah. Something I've been thinking about is too like when Christ went to the cross. Like it does say here of even to death on a cross is how he humbled himself, but I think about Jesus in the garden. Um, just as what this podcast is named after is the garden. Um, that garden. But I think of the fear Jesus had to in that moment. I think of him sweating blood and being afraid and asking the Lord to take this cup from him, just like what we read at the beginning of the podcast. Um, but how, like, he, w- he still felt weak. I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say here. But, like, there is, like, this presence of fear. But I think there's this fear of God and this wanting to be more like Christ that usurps that and I think that's something we have to actively choose ourselves too of like there's a fear of I can't do this I can't look like Christ I can't make this decision to be unifying in in these ways that Paul is saying to count others more significant than myself I I don't know how to do that Lord but may my fear of you and wanting to obey you be more um where I will humble myself to become more like Christ yeah yeah so Question for you, Olivia. Are you ready to talk about some theology? Sure. (laughs) Here. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. So, um, talking about Christ Jesus, who though was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Now, I feel like we can't do this podcast episode without addressing this because it is a verse that quite frankly there's been so much debate about Mm -hmm. and has caused significant theological differences between different religions and Hmm. so what does that mean that like christ jesus emptied himself what do you think? Oh goodness! Way to put me on the spot here. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's what this entire episode. I know. Made. I feel like you've thrown <laughs> at me some, <laughs> just like putting Olivia. On I thought the I was prepared. <laughs> we definitely prepared different things this time, and I think it's really funny. Um, yeah, Christ emptying Himself. I think. I think there's this beautiful picture of Christ being fully human and fully divine. And when he came to Earth, I think he left behind some of those things that um, go with his divinity, some of those, some of his authority um, that he had. We see this submission up to the Father's will come into play, especially like in the Garden. That's a great example of Jesus submitting to the will of the Father, even though in his humanity it was hard in that moment. Um, And I think about, too, like, Jesus could have walked around on earth and been like, yo, it's me, Jesus. I am a a member of the Trinity. Hello. It's good to see you. Um, But he was very careful with who he revealed his identity to. And um, you see a lot in the book of John, this language of, like, his hour had not yet come. Um, Him even saying that in John 2 at the wedding of Cana when he's talking to his mother Mary. and He's like, woman, my hour is not here yet. And then his hour does come at the crucifixion, which I think is very interesting. So that's where I see some of this. Um, He emptied himself of the honor that he was due, this glory that he was due. And we see that come into the end of this section here of how Paul is like, don't worry, he's going to get that honor and glory that he deserves fully. Like, every knee will bow in in heaven, on earth and under the earth. Like, this glory will still happen, but for his time on earth, he came to suffer. He came to die. He didn't come as this triumphal um, man to overthrow the government that the Jews were even expecting. He came as this suffering servant that Isaiah talks about in Isaiah 52 and 53. He didn't. He didn't come for all this honor and glory. He's coming again for that. We yeah. we joyfully await that. But yeah. I think that is where my theology lies in this passage. What would you say? Yeah, yeah. So, I think like just to be really clear that um when it says that Jesus emptied himself, that doesn't mean of his divinity itself. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, he is still God. He is still divine. Like that it, like that's the crutch of of christianity right there that mm. um jesus christ is fully man and fully god but i i completely i i like what you're saying olivia that um maybe kind of the word that comes to mind is like the benefits of the divinity mm yeah like, we're we're left behind and so uh the image that i like to think of it's kind of silly but um is that movie um well i guess it was probably a play first and then became a movie and then there was a barbie rendition
1: Where of, are you
0: going? <laughs> of the prince and the pauper <laughs> which later became the princess, princess and, and the, the pop- pauper <laughs> no yeah. do you remember the princess and the pop star I did didn't you never see, see that, that one? one? I didn't. So Tell me tell me more how yeah, yeah, <laughs> this connects. Um so in the story of the Prince and the Pauper, it is these um it starts out as it's two guys. So it's it's a prince and then a, a male pauper, and they are which a pauper is like a term for um like somebody really poor, like somebody lower class. living on the yeah, lower class, somebody like living on the streets. And they um decide to switch places it's like a the classic oh, yes the original like let's switch places story is mm. the prince and the pauper and so that's what i think of in this like term terminology of like jesus emptied himself that mm. in that story the prince even as he's dressed as the pauper is still the prince oh Good. (laughs) Yes. Do you get it? I get it now. (laughs) Olivia was like, "Where are you going with this?" But um, he's dressed as the popper. He's in the same circles as mm-hmm. where the popper would be. He's acting like the popper. Yes, and he's being treated like the popper. Ah. He's not being treated like the prince. But, like, that was a high five <laughs> that Olivia just I, gave It's a very gave good me. analogy. Thank you. Um, and so I think, like, that is a really good image for us mm-hmm. to have of, like, in this phrase when it says, in this verse when it says that Jesus emptied himself. It's not of his divinity. It's not of, um, his deity. Like he is still God, but he's just dressed as a pauper for
1: a period of time. So when do you
0: go to read the gospels next? I, I hope you envision the prince and the pauper. (laughs) I really do. So, um, yeah. So I think like that's, that's really Mm -hmm. important. And honestly, that makes what we're talking about in his humility even greater. Mm. it's not that he was no longer divine, therefore he was naturally humbled. He fully knew who he was and the honor due to his name. he chose Mm. humility. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many of us would do that? I don't think. I don't think many of us would willingly, knowing. I don't know. I think it Yeah, you can get in these, like, trains of thought of, like, why didn't this person treat me in this way? Don't they know who I am? I don't. I. I mean, I've had that thought before yeah. of like, oh, totally. don't you know? And it's like, oh, Jesus knew who he was. He knew this honor do his name. And even like, I'm thinking of the alabaster woman when she comes in and is anointing Jesus. Um, and the Pharisees are like, why are you letting this woman do this? And he's like, well, when I walked into your house, you didn't anoint my head you didn't wash my feet like but this woman did um and so Jesus knew who he was and he um he chose to live this life among the poppers <laughs> yeah for among us the yeah yeah I ju- I just have like a list here too of even like things that are within Christ's humility so even just like taking on humanity mm. that is um that's humility because mm-hmm. Jesus is God. Like yeah. there is a distinction between Creator and cre and creation, mm-hmm. and so, um, but Jesus, that it's humility to step into creation and take on humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, his birth, we think about how um, he ends up uh, in a manger. amongst the animals like there there's humility there in Mm. even the way he enters the fact that he came as a child and and not a man like Mm. what more humbling than coming as a child who needs constant care like Mm. jesus was not sustainable like on his own at the beginning of his life just like the rest of us um a a, he his chosen Mm. um profession as a carpenter. Like that's a very very humbling. Um he he was tempted. Like we see the temptation mm-hmm. with Satan like that is um I, he's God and and he allowed um himself to even be tempted in the form of of being human. Um and then you just think of, about the cross, which is what this uh, verse points to that um even like leading up to the cross, the the shame the mocking, mm-hmm. the the crown of thorns, the um, like sign above his head, like this is Jesus, King of the Jews, like uh, the mocking that that was there, casting like, lots for his garments, yes, all the, the things, the humbling of that, mm. and then um, the the cross, which we know was for was meant for a criminal, like that is the death that a criminal. Should die, Hmm. and Jesus, the only perfect man on earth, took the cross. Like that, the the just the humility and the example that we see in in Jesus Christ again is like man, what a what a hard example for us to even think this is this is what we're supposed to like attain. This is what we're supposed to reach. And so, thank the Lord that like we don't do it on our own. We'll never get to the level (laughs) of Jesus in his humility, but, um, that, that is the ultimate example in all those things that I just listed of humility. Yeah. I think, I think that's what makes this celebration at the end so much more powerful and meaningful is we see the great humility of Jesus. And now we see the great exaltation of Jesus that we have to look forward to. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have any closing thoughts as we finish looking at this passage? Any any of your big takeaways for practical faith? Yeah, um, I would say that it definitely is the end of um, these verses here, um, where it says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, So that the name of Jesus, so at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Um, And I think right there is actually where we get the most practical application. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, first of all, like, let's just, like, take a minute to, like, imagine that. Like, imagine that scene of, like, every single person in heaven, on earth, like, acknowledging Jesus Christ. Like, that is such a beautiful picture. Um, But then I would say this, just this phrase of, um, and every tongue confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I think that's kind of where I want to end. That a lot of times we think we think of we think to the cross, and we think that Jesus Christ is our Savior, which is true. Jesus hmm. Christ is our Savior, but even in these verses, we see there is a connection between Jesus being Savior and Lord, hmm. and that we can never separate um, those two. And it might be something that we've talked about on the podcast before. But I think it's important to drive home that point that we can't just look at Jesus on the cross for our salvation. We have to look at Jesus on the cross and that should cause a reaction in our souls Mm. to get down on our knees and say, Lord, take everything. Like, Mm. be my Lord. And, and, And Lord is a term that we use a lot. Really what I think of is even the idea of like, Another word that's similar is, like, master, which, like, we don't, that's a harder <laughs> word for us to use. But it, it, it is this obedience. It's this submission. It's saying, hmm. Jesus, if I trust you to save me, I also trust you with the everything else in my life. Hmm. I will go where you send me. I will say what you would tell me to say. Like, I will, I will do your will. Like, I am living for you. And... I think there is absolutely nothing more humbling in this life than to give our lives to somebody else to Mm. say, I am not the Lord of my own life. Mm. Jesus Christ is the Lord of my own life. So I think like that is even uh, Lord is probably my favorite term for Jesus Christ. I use it all the time. And I think that's because it's partially how I've trained my brain. If I say Lord, Mm then that works something in me to be like, he is Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, He, he does have say over my life. He does like, I'm going um, where, where he sins and all glory and honor is for him. And so I think like that is, that's my practical application of like, we're talking about unity and humility here and, and we're looking to Christ on the cross um, and we have to connect Jesus Christ saving us with Jesus Christ being our Lord. Mm. And uh when we hold to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, I think that, that is what humbles us the most. Mm. What about you, Olivia? I love I love that takeaway so much and I think too after we've looked at Christ's humility, what an easy person to submit to and give that control over what how easy is it to call him Lord after we recognize his humility on our behalf,
1: yeah.
0: um, his sacrifice on our behalf? Um, yeah, that's something that I was thinking about as you said those things. That was that was really beautiful, and um, I I was thinking of there's a worship song I think by Kim Walker-Smith called Throne Room, mm. and she says, "I fall on my face with angels and saints, and all I can say is." worthy 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 are you lord and thinking about these verses and also thinking about like isaiah 6 and like the, the sound of his robe coming through the temple just this glory and majesty and how he is over all things i just think why wouldn't i want to call you lord and master like why uh. wouldn't i trust you um So that's, that's my takeaway today of, Lord, you, like you are, like knowing you makes it easy to call you Lord. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I love this passage so much. Yeah. And I think we'll continue to reference it as we go through the rest of the book, probably. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, that is where we're ending today. Uh, don't worry. Next week, we're going to pick right back up in verse 12. And then uh, we have a surprise for the week after that. So stay tuned. Remember to guess the voice. Guess the voice at the beginning of the episode. Yes, of our intro star. In fact, check our our Instagram. Oh. We're going to post on Instagram and comment there. There you go. If you, which is at CCU Women's Ministry. If you don't follow us, be sure to follow us. Follow us now. Okay. We uh, will talk to you soon. Uh, May the Lord bless you.